Hey everyone, this is Marissa Carpico, the film editor at thepopbreak.com. I'm here with my co-host, Matt Taylor. Say hello, Matt. Hi, everybody. And we are here for another uh, categories episode of uh, the Way Too Early Oscar podcast. We are, um, you know, barreling through. Um, maybe you've heard some uh, bigger categories so far, but we're still, this one's about some technicals. Um, the, we're going to be doing uh, costume design and makeup and hairstyling, which is two separate things. Um, so let's start with uh, makeup and hairstyling. We've got, um, I'm going to try to pronounce everybody's names, but, you know, we'll just, we, it's, I'm, I'm trying here. <laughs> I can only do so. <laughs> um, Heike Merker and Linda Eisenhammerova for All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, Naomi Dunn, um, Mike Marino, and Mike Fontaine for the Batman. Naomi Dunn again, Mike Marino, um, and Mike Fontaine for uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Um, let's see, Mark Coulier, Jason Baird, and Aldo Signoretti for Elvis. And, excuse me, Adrian Moreau, uh, Judy Chin, and Anne-Marie Bradley for The Whale. Um... I have some, Wikipedia has someone different for Black Panther, but... You know what? Um, I was wondering if I wrote that down wrong. Why don't you uh, say who it is? That one, Black Panther is uh, Camille Friend and Joel Harlow. Perfect. Okay. I was like, you know what? We got to look that up. Um, Can you imagine? That'd be so fun if they did like two of Honestly, that'd be iconic. Um, how about you talk about Wakanda Forever? Yeah. I mean, it looks great. Um, we talked about this before, but it is one of those movies where I'm like, oh, I wish... Um, they could all look like this, uh, uh, as in Marvel movies, because, um, and just honestly, blockbusters in general, because it's like, it is one where it feels like every decision in terms of aesthetic and, um, uh, you know, design feels so intentional. And, uh, you know, you can, the, the entire crew of Wakanda Forever has been, um, campaigning since the movie came out whether they're doing it like as campaigning or just discussing their work i don't know i like i i when i say campaigning, i don't mean that cynically i mean like they're discussing their process with uh you know the trades and it is really fascinating to read about like how they designed um you know uh namor and his people who the their name of their clan i'm forgetting i'm sorry <laughs> it's been a few months since i since i saw the movie but um uh, you know, the makeup design for them is so fascinating and well thought out. The makeup for, you know, uh, the royal family during the funeral that opens the film. It's all these, all these choices are so uh, both beautiful looking and also um, uh, just like so intentional. And that is just such a rarity in a movie of that size. And uh, which I think is the special touch that makes Wakanda forever all across the board such a a great blockbuster so yeah uh this makes sense as a nomination and it's uh it's a really good one yeah i mean uh, it's makeup and hairstyling for especially for a film like that is part of what's transporting you to this fictional world right um because wakanda has at this point two movies in a certain aesthetic and makeup and hairstyling are a huge part of that and contrasting a whole other, you know, undersea nation with it is done through, uh, in large part, part, makeup and hairstyling. Not not just because Namor is, like, not wearing anything, really. <laughs> so the costuming can only do so much there. 
but yeah, I, I think it's a great choice. Um, it's, it's part of what it truly, again, it's what part of makes these movies so transporting. Um, I think that like, by contrast, I, I like, you know, two, there are two super movies in this, right? Superhero movies in this category. And like, the Batman isn't as um, colorful, obviously, or I, I, I hesitate to say that it's not as like um, uh, extreme because it is just in the opposite direction, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's such a like performance of goth like sensibilities or like nerdy goth sensibilities in a way that I found really pleasing. You know, like it tickles me that the heavy black eyeliner around um, emo Batman's oh eyes is like getting an Oscar nomination. It's like, could I laugh at that? Certainly. But do I want to? No, I think it's hilarious. Um, and like, unfortunately we would have to talk about bat suits a lot in this category, I guess, as you always sort of do and makeup and hairstyling, but like of the three, this is my, the one that most looks like a human being, um, <laughs> with Colin Farrell as, as penguin. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually, I'm thrilled by that because uh, even like there's the extreme end of the penguin costuming and hairstyling and stuff, which like has to make Colin Farrell look like a penguin and be bald. So like, God bless. Um, that's a mm-hmm. lot of work. He looks not as hot as he is. <laughs> and then you also have like the simple look of like how can glamorous Zoe Kravitz looks as Catwoman. Like, the way that her hair is just like perfectly laid at all times. There's there's such a sharpness to it. it like she looks like she jumped out of the page and I I just appreciate that. So like a subtler um, uh, approach, but no less transporting, I would say. Yeah, completely agree. As a fat person, fat person, this, this um, fat suit discourse is like the thing I want to talk about the least maybe mm-hmm. ever. Uh, it is always awful, and um, uh, we'll talk about it a lot with the other two movies that have passed this year, uh, but the, the suit in this one did not bother me in the slightest. It is very well done. Yeah. Um, Colin Farrell looks completely transformed. Uh, it's it's incredible work, uh, and yeah, the, the Hot Topic, Hot Topic kids are winning with this one, I, <laughs> is what I have to say. Uh, this movie is gorgeous. Um, and, you know, we love the eyeliner on Robert Pattinson. A plus. We love it. We simply love it. Um, the other movie without a, a fat suit at this point, I mean, at least I think so. Um, if there is one, thankfully nobody had to make a big stink about it like the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, all Quiet on the Western Front. Um, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't think it's. By by now, you've probably heard us be like sure with every nomination for All Quiet on the Western Front, and this is another one for me. Um, yeah, uh, why not? Um, I guess they do have to keep this idea that these kids are like covered in grime and everybody's teeth are awful um, because they're just like soldiers in trenches who don't have the, you know, dental care we have now. I guess I, I, it works. Um, and it's realistic, I suppose, but I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to notice and appreciate in um, a category that is otherwise so full of hyperbole, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I will say this is one where I was like, it is the most makeups because 
at a certain point, I was just like, there are so many scenes of just people's like face being shoved in mud or something yeah. like that, or, like caked in gore. But like, it is well done, and I think like perhaps uh, of all like the technical qualities, like one of the things the movie does best. It it like it always looks real and shocking without ever looking like desperate to shock, which I think is um, a testament. So, I, I mean, like, you know, it is good, but as always with this whole, like, the fact that this movie is so widely presented, and we've talked about it so many times, is just the most baffling thing to me, to be honest. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, uh, the less, well, yeah, the less offensive bat suit uh, is in Elvis, in my opinion. Um, although, yeah. what do you, what do you what do you talk about Elvis as the person who likes the film? I mean, I like Elvis, but I'm not gonna even attempt to defend <laughs> Tom Hanks and everything going on yeah. with Tom Hanks in this movie. Um, it's a whole lot of bad choices, to be honest. There was a brief period where I was worried, like, what if Tom Hanks gets nominated for Elvis? And I was like, the nation's not prepared no. if that happens. Like, there's gonna be a war. And um um, you know, it is less offensive of a fat suit and only that um the other movie we have to talk about isn't the well. But um but the um it's just it's distracting and it's silly. And I think it's especially funny comparing it to um Austin Butler as Elvis, mm -hmm. who obviously, you know, Elvis gained weight throughout his career and um uh, especially at the end of his life, was, you know, very different looking from how he was when he emerged on the scene. And um, um, Austin Butler's transformation is just like, A, I, I think more impressive, but we'll talk about his performance uh, when we get to that episode, but also just like, so much less distracting. Like, the Todd the, mm. Heisenberg, it is like, it feels like a cartoon basically and um that's he, he is the car it's like he is the absolute like visual representation of the cartoon villain tying the yes. girl to the tracks do you know what i mean yes and that is a sort of thing where it's like a bad like i would expect bad to make that as a conscious choice but it does not feel like a conscious choice mm -hmm. here whatsoever and it um i don't know i just i i think the whole thing is a real miscalculation and it's very distracting and, uh, you know, it is a movie that I, I like and I will defend, but I cannot eat, like, I cannot fight the Tom Hanks fight for this one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you're, you're right, though. It's like, the, the one on Butler is much better, and, um, yeah, it's supposed to be sort of uh, bad, I suppose, but it doesn't excuse it how bad it is. No. <laughs> um, but I will say, like, the makeup is very good otherwise. Um, the sort of, like, heartthrob makeup of on butler at the beginning is why women are so obsessed with it right now you know what i mean like it's yeah. why the the fantasy works as it were um not me complimenting elvis um well again it's in this category the last one is obviously the whale which uh, you know it's gonna win it's gonna <laughs> win um but you said it in your letterbox review which i think is totally accurate and that like the fat suit looks not doesn't look like any fat person I've ever known. And I just like I just have to be brutally honest. Like watching that film, 
as someone who is big, like fat and has like literally been called a fat bitch in the street for like just like living, like existing, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I also have, have a friend who was like over 100, uh, like probably closer, like not, I don't know, you know, like very heavy at one point. Um, and the way that this team chose to portray fat people is so fucking like dehumanizing in a way that like it made me think about like when my friend was walking around in the world at that size right of like if they had seen this how dehumanizing it would be and how horrible that is because I know that that person is like a is a fucking person but like this movie is playing into the way that people dehumanize People who are fat, and it just fucking sucks. It just fucking sucks that it's here. Like, it just makes me really annoyed and pissed off. So, like, I don't know. Like, and, and it doesn't look like a real human being because it's trying to look like a whale or whatever. And, like, that should tell you everything you need to know about how fucking shitty that, that choice is. It's just <laughs> fucking awful. Because it's, just, it's like for people who hate fat people. Honestly, it just reaffirms everything you think about it. So, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything you want to add about it, honestly? No, I mean, you summed it up. It's, it is a movie where every single choice it makes about the way it depicts Brendan Fraser's character is just so um, bad. <laughs> like, it is, yeah. I think it is. And, like, I don't know what it's trying... Like, I, I keep reading interviews, and I, I'm sure every actor involved, who, many of whom I like a lot in other mm-hmm. things, or even in this movie, in Hong Chao's case, um, like... I am sure they have the best of intentions and everything like that, but it is the sort of thing where you read about how, like, oh, this we saw this movie as like something about empathy or whatever, and I'm like, and it lacks like, any. Yeah, I'm like, I don't, I don't see how. Like, I just, yeah. I don't see um, how that is what you walk away from this movie feeling. And um, the suit is just, and like the fact that the poster for the movie, and granted, I will say, it is very hard to make a poster for this movie, but um, the fact that the poster is just, like, his face in the suit, and, like, it's just, like, I'm, like, you, they're so proud of that. Makeup. Oh, they're and so proud of it. And I'm, like, oh, this is so, it's so cringy and embarrassing. Yeah. I don't know. Really, but it's absolutely gonna win, which is insane. I know. It's fascinating. I, like, I mean, of course, like, where else would that phobia be awarded? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm very curious to see, uh, like, literally, if anything else wins that night, I'd be excited. Like, Elvis winning Best Vigo, I'd be like, fine, I don't care anymore. Yeah. yeah, it just can't be that. It just cannot be that. Yeah. Um, you have some alternates, I assume. Um, I do. Yeah, why don't you throw a couple out or just one and we can go back and forth? I've got two. I have two as well. Um, uh, actually, I have three, but one of them is like, one of them really gave her a lot of where I'm just like, I mean, yeah, it looks great. The, the makeup, incredible. Like, the hairstyling, incredible. It should have been, like, it, again, crazy it's not here. But um, in terms of more Matt-appropriate picks, uh, I'll go with Crimes of the Future at first, which oh, is cool. um, uh, gross. It is a gross movie. I, I don't think it's a very good movie. Like, I, I know a lot of people who love it, and I very much respect uh, a lot of what it's doing, especially a lot of what Kristen Stewart's doing. But... Um, uh, none of it is like worth writing home about in my book, except the makeup, which is just like so so gross, and um, to the point where like my boyfriend couldn't watch the trailer because he was just <laughs> like, even the green bands safe for theaters trailer was too much for him to look at, and uh, you know, I hope David Cronenberg can 
do another movie that I like a lot because I it's nice having him make us uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of mine is possibly the movie that gave me COVID, but I forgive it for that. Um, also <laughs> a live wire because Andrea Riceboro's in it. Um, uh, please, baby, please. Uh, uh, like, you know, the new queer cinema to me. I, I, I had such fun with it. And um, the makeup and hairstyling is like uh, constantly a part of it because it's a movie that's playing with gender constantly. All of its characters are constantly playing with gender, right? And uh, the makeup and hairstyling is is a huge way of how they're doing it, right? Um, big wigs, coiffed, uh, you know, hair, lots of gel, everything, everything you can imagine hair-wise and makeup-wise is in this film. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just think, like, like of the films that, like, I saw last year, that's one that stood out. Um, what's another one of yours? Anything? The other one I want to shout out is... Um... And this is like a bit silly of a pick, but I think the makeup is really incredible. Um, is X the um, I I I really liked X. Uh, I I I can give or take Pearl. I don't particularly, um, you know, it's bad. You can just you don't have to explain. <laughs> I I just I I'm like give me a slashes. I don't need to watch whatever going on here, Ty, with Pearl. But um. As a slasher, X I thought was so much fun, and um, you know, I thought, is it showy as fuck? Yeah, but Mia Goth looks really, really good under all that makeup in in that movie, and I mm-hmm. think it is it is very, very cool. It is very well done. The obviously we're never going to get an Oscar nomination, but you know what? Absolutely deserves one more than the whale. So it's it's fine, you know. Like I I I'm happy to to put it on my ballot. My only other one is it's sort of a troll, but also like it is very good. Um, that Matilda musical. If you had to choose a fat yeah. this year, it's the <laughs> Matilda musical because yeah, we all know that's Emma Thompson, but it's the only one that doesn't feel fucking insulting. Even though that's the that person's a villain. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> you should not be rooting for the Trunchbull, and yet like it's the one that most looks like a real human being. Which thank God, um, and. Also, like, I don't know, it just, like, actually looks like human skin, which certainly Tom Hanks didn't uh, achieve that. Um, <laughs> who knows what was going on there? But, yeah, that movie's just great. And even if you're just, like, not even looking at that, right? Look at the way, uh, sorry again, Andrea Riceboro. <laughs> like, oh, I forgot she's in this. Yeah. She's the mom. But the way she's styled as the mom in that, with that big hair and all that, like, really sort of, like, overdone makeup, brilliant stuff. That movie does so much with character character work with makeup and hairstyling and uh, it would be a really cool choice. And again, that's like a, a movie you'll probably hear us talk about a couple of times because it's like, that movie was so good for no reason. Like, why is it that good? And they just, nobody noticed it. What happened? So good. Oh my God. I, I love that movie. I will definitely, it, it is on my ballot at multiple spots. Um, I love that for us. Um, uh, we never chose our winners. Um, oh, I guess what we kind of did, we just said anyone but the whale. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I can't, yeah. Like. I, I, wanna, I would root for Batman in this one if I had to pick one, but you're right. The real the real goal here is just that the whale does not win. Yeah, I would also vote for Batman. I yeah. agree. <laughs> I mean, we love that eye makeup. Um, okay, let's do costuming. Um, okay, so the uh, nominees for costume design are... Uh, Mary Zofries for Babylon, uh, Ruth Carter for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Catherine Martin for Elvis, Shirley Carrada for Everything Everywhere All at Once, 
Uh, Jenny Beaven for Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Um, let's jump into our girl. I mean, we've talked about a lot of these before. <laughs> so I just want to talk about what a fucking thrill it is that um, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris was nominated. Um, it's all um, Dior, uh, um, like period Dior stuff. It's supposed to be, you know, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris to buy a Dior dress from Dior. Um, and the film is such about fashion and the, I'm sure it's a lot of recreations, but there's probably some archiving from there, like actual Dior gowns in there. Um, but whatever it is, the clothing is so, so important and it's not just good when it's like, has to be like these gowns that she's obsessed with and that everybody's making, but it's like, everybody's clothing is interesting because it's always like telling you something, right? The, the film is so smart about clothing and it's just also crisp and new looking and, and not, and sometimes it looks like older or whatever, but it's like, it's such emphasis on costuming inevitably. And yet it, it holds up to that in a way that would be probably really difficult for someone with less skill. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I was so delighted when I saw it there because it was, <laughs> it was, it was actually the very last movie I saw for the year and I saw it on a plane and just was like so delighted by it. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, yeah, it, it's, it was such a fun nomination. I was kind of like, I feel like it was too small of a movie. It was too quiet. Like it came out too long ago for it to make this nomination. And I'm so happy it got in. The The scene of her when she first arrives at the Dior store and there's like the show going on. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I was just like, absolutely. This is what I go to this cinema for. It's, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's great. Um, a very nice nomination. Very well deserved. Yeah. When they bring out the one gown, like seduction or whatever the fuck it's called, or like, you're just mm-hmm. like, it's like you, you should be like melting in that moment. And it, they absolutely make you uh, like just fawn over that dress. Um, uh, when you talk about, uh, how about, when I talk about Babylon, um, this is the first time we're talking about it, um, on this, these episodes, most likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think Babylon, which is a movie that I more or less, uh, like, cause it is sort of a sicko movie in a way. <laughs> um, Boy, is it. But, um, I think, and I'll talk about this when we get to some of the other categories that Babylon is nominated for, but like, I think the movie is very ugly in some capacities, but the costumes really consistently work for it. And um, uh, I like them a lot. I think they um, they perhaps lack the uh, wow factor I like to have from like a period mm. piece like this. Like there's never really a costume in it where I was like, oh shit, like that is an incredible, um, you know, incredibly well-designed costume, which I can point to for many of these other uh, films films this year that made the nomination. But um, uh, it is a good nomination. Uh, it is, the costumes do look great. It looks very, uh, I can't speak to like the period appropriateness, I guess. Like I'm not as well-versed in that stuff as like you and other people in who like into film history are. But I do think, uh, you know, the costumes look great uh, on screen unlike some of the other elements we'll talk about in future episodes. Oh boy, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, well, actually on that point, I would say the uh, the costumes are, are mostly pretty good. I do think, like, unfortunately, the, the biggest costume piece in it all is that um, red band dress that um, Margot Robbie wears for, like, at least a third of the film. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. 
like I like that she's wearing what appear to be basically Timberlands, which are an anachronism, obviously, but uh, they're probably just work boots. But like the, the dress itself is is so so like not of the period and like just feels like the 70s. It's like it just honestly feels like David Chazelle was like going to make a Studio 54 movie and then they had to scrap it. And he was like, well, I still can kind of make a <laughs> Studio 54 movie like in the first act. And we can just keep that one dress because I really like that dress. Do you know what I mean? And she looks um, great, so, you know. Yeah, she looks great. So it's like I can't be angry that, like, Mar- Margot Robbie, canonically one of the most beautiful women currently working in Hollywood, like, <laughs> is, like, basically naked for the first, like, you know, hour of that film. But, like, it, it does it, – I did squint at it when I first saw it. Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> um. Uh, Shirley Carrada for everything and everywhere all at once. What a, what a wonderful choice because mm-hmm. the costuming is a part of what's setting these uh, different timelines apart um, and these different worlds. So a delightful choice because there's there's just a, in terms of pure scale how many costumes you have to make. It's a lot and each of all of them feel exactly right. You know, like when they're in that sort of like white futuristic world or whatever, and there's like um, it's all sort of like angular and strange looking very smart but even just like the the sad little vest thing that um jamie lee curtis is wearing when she's the tax person very smart um so yeah all of these great choices i I think the costuming is really smart in that film and it's wonderful that it got nominated because it's just it's like so much a part of it like it's part of the iconography of that movie realistically and it is an iconic sort of movie at this point Absolutely. Um, I I think contemporary costume design. Uh, I mean, obviously, this movie has very fantastical costumes, like that incredible getup that um, uh, the daughter is wearing when she first shows up as the. Um, oh yeah, with all the ribbons the, and shit on it. Yes, but um, but I I was watching a clip from it yesterday actually uh, on Instagram, I, like for some reason, and uh, the. Kihoi Kwan's character is wearing like through much of this the second act of the film like a long sleeve polo shirt basically mm. and um like tucked into like khakis and I'm like that's what my dad wears like this is this is so <laughs> and he is canonically a dad yes I like this is so spot on to like painting the picture of like what who these people are in all the universe including. The contemporary one. I think that's so so good. Um, it, it's what a lovely nomination. I I would love to see it win here. It would be such a like such a an interesting, exciting pick. Yeah. Um, another nominee, uh, Ruth Carter for Wakanda Forever. I mean, it's sort of like an obvious choice uh, on yeah. some level, but like a, a brilliant choice again. There was a featurette. I think it maybe the Regal. So I don't know if you saw it, um, but of her talking about how she like worked with Adidas to like figure out like what fashion would look like, like in a couple years kind of thing to like push it forward. And you can mm-hmm. see that on the screen and it's so smart. Cause it makes, it does again, make Wakanda seem like this like incredibly advanced society. Um, Cause it's just like, is a couple years ahead of everything. And like, you know, the stuff what, like watching it, there's a certain outfit that Shuri wears, like, I think when they are trying to pick up Ironheart that I was like, girl, that is going to be fucking everywhere in six months. <laughs> like, <laughs> like everywhere. Like, God, I wish I could wear that. You know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. It, 
you know, we we lauded her for it um, in the first film, and it again, it's like to to keep up that level of brilliance in in the second in the in, you know in a, in a in a sequel and like also help create create this like whole other culture that we get shown in that movie. I, I, what a fabulous uh, nomination! It's such an obvious like, of course, it must be nominated. It's like incredible work. Yeah, it's you know. Ruth, Ruth Carter should have many Oscars at this point. It's kind yeah. of crazy she only has one. It's kind of crazy she only has three nominations. And, um, you know, it should have been... It's a no-brainer. I'm so happy this is here. Like, yeah. obviously. She, her, the work's incredible. It speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, last one is Elvis, which probably is a lot of archiving and stuff as well, um, as, long as, as, as well as some, like... Um, reproductions and like I'm sure there's a lot of reproductions actually and honestly I'm not mad at any of the costuming how do you feel about the costuming as the Elvis defender in the podcast I mean yeah it's the sort of thing it's like it almost uh feels like an easy nom as well in a different way than Ruth Carter where it's like Ruth Carter is the easy nom because it's like she's incredible like she should be nominated all the time this nomination it's like well yeah like they did an incredible job recreating the the costumes that were there and there's that really nice edit of like Elvis doing the same move during all of his concerts and like <laughs> it flashing to all the different costumes that he wore and it's like you know it's showy it looks good absolutely makes sense um that this is here is it perhaps an unimagined nomination I guess but it, yeah, it is bit, yeah, yeah. yeah but it's a good one it, it makes sense yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it is unimaginative, but I, I wouldn't necessarily argue it with the way that I will many of Elvis's um, nominees. Um, yeah. What? You know, for, in terms of winner, I would be pleased with anybody but Elvis or Babylon, but I wouldn't necessarily, like, disagree with either of those either. Um, it's, a, it's a really solid category. I, I mean, my heart is pulling for Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> I um, would also be happy with most of these winning. Uh, my heart and my head are kind of fighting between everything ever all at once and Ruth Carter. Actually, that's my heart and my heart fighting because I like. Yeah, I, I was gonna say that that's your heart. Your heart. <laughs> yeah, I don't think necessarily like a a smart pick here. They're both really good picks for different reason. Uh, on this given day, I'm gonna vote for um, everything ever all at once. But you know, again, not a bad winner here to be honest. No, not, yeah, basically a very solid category. Um, I have a couple extra ones. You, uh, you want to go back and forth? Yeah. Okay. I have cool. three. Oh, perfect. Um, one of mine, a big, like, a, a definite one would, would have been Jenny Egan for Glass Onion. Um, because, bro, the costuming is so brilliant in that. It is mm. giving you character as soon as you're uh, being introduced to these people. Kate Hudson's giant hat. I mean, come on. Like, supporting actress, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, the, that, like, reddish and white flowing outfit that Janelle Monet is wearing for most of the beginning and is certainly the middle of it. Like, so elegant, so mysterious. Um the mask that Kate Hudson is wearing, which is really not a mask. It's just like <laughs> gilded. <laughs> it's just like the dazzled, um, like netting is so smart because it tells you everything you need to know about the character. It's like, it's supposed to be the height of COVID and here she is not wearing a mask, basically. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and even like the frumpiness of Catherine's Hans clothes or like 
how like sort of elegant, um, uh, well, like prim uh, Craig's clothing is and like that little ascot he's always wearing, you know, like we, the audience on some level and then like Kate Hudson's character is just like, take off your shirt and he simply won't. He won't show even an ounce of skin. <laughs> it's so well done. Uh, you can go ahead and do one. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with one that uh, we talked a lot at this point about Nope not being nominated everywhere. Another movie that I think I'm shocked about nominated everywhere is The Woman King. Um, and the costumes in The Woman King are just stellar. It's like, it's a sort of thing where uh, very different films, but The Woman King to me is so similar to last year's uh, The Last Duel, which we both loved uh, as well. Oh. Where it's like film. 10 years before, or maybe 20 years before, it would have just been a de facto, uh, you know, best picture contender. And um, like, we all, like, you know, 10 nominations sort of thing. Kind of like what happened with All Quiet on the Western Front this year, where it's like just the easy pick in categories. And like, I look at um, um, The Woman King which is so well made on so many levels. And just, I'll pick costumes this time because it's the first chance I get to talk about it. But like, um, the costumes look so good throughout the movie. It looks just beautiful. Uh, you know, I like, I love the way they design um, uh, John Boyega's clothes in the movie, particularly. Like, just like, uh, it, is, it is a beautiful looking movie with incredible costumes. And it's like, just sort of baffling. It did not get, a nomination. Obviously, there are many factors we can talk about regarding why this film did not show up. But, yeah, check out Viola's um, Instagram post shit. Yeah, but um, but it is a sort of thing where I'm like, it is wild to me that a movie like this uh, just isn't the obvious, like, well, yeah, of course I got 10 nominations. Look at how well made it is. It's, it is so well done, and um, uh, I was shocked and upset to not see it in this category particularly. Yeah, it would have been a good place for it. I mean, and you're absolutely right. I'm actually surprised it hasn't come up yet because it's something we'll probably mention quite a few times. Um, another one of mine is uh, one I'm going to be mentioning a lot is uh, is Till again. Perry Richards, mm-hmm. uh, Day Rumfall, and Summer Tinge for Till. Um, again, the it's it's setting. It's very the film is theatrical and the clothing is part of that because it's all a little too clean and a little too crisp. But that's part of like what the film is doing. And the color choices are so smart with the with the costuming here. Um, It's giving you time. It's giving you place. But it's also giving you like um, a sort of uh, it's giving a gloss to everything. And maybe that's part of what makes all of it bearable. Right. Is that the movie does remove you from what's happening just enough to be like, okay, this all feels very real. It's very upfront about this horrific piece of history, but it's also like we are looking at this through a certain lens and the costuming I thought was so fucking incredible in that movie. Um, It's, it's so full of life and like vibrancy and also like the way that like the color contrast of just like between, um, the tills and the the white woman who works in in the store mm. is is clear in the costuming. I, I don't know. I just think that movie's so great, and I'm just going to keep mentioning it as much as I possibly can. It is really well made, uh, beautifully, and the costume, like uh, you know, production line, really beautiful for it. it it's yeah. a shame. Um, 
my my next one i have two uh i'm gonna talk about um i mentioned before how i like contemporary costumes a lot and i um i think contemporary costuming is uh underrepresented in this category a lot mm-hmm. but yeah uh, tar incredible work yeah. costume. just like in terms of building a character i mean our beloved uh lower manhattan Alamo draft house where we go to the movie <laughs> every week together is doing a tar dress up um screening where it's like dress in your favorite tar costume and i was like i can't afford to do this like it's like, right. like I, I i would be kicked out i think and um uh you know that's testament to how well done the costuming is it's um it just looks it, it's really really smart choices throughout the entire thing uh yeah, in terms cool. of yeah um if i had to choose one more it would be um i actually would say please baby please again because again like i was saying before with gender play and the way it's sort of like um all of it feels like costumes but it's that's the point it's it's that's just a really well-made film i don't know I, you know sometimes i like a film and these are things that'll never get nominated so i, I get to mention them <laughs> yeah <laughs> my last one which i actually really thought for a minute was going to get nominated but uh did not was um corsage which um, oh yeah shit yeah uh for, great movie for one thing that um Vicky Creeps is Vicky Creeps is phenomenal in. But um uh I saw it with a friend and uh the costumes are beautiful throughout the entire entire thing, but there's one scene where it suddenly cuts the Vicky Vicky Creeps um posing for a portrait and she is like in a beautiful gown but like crying and holding a cigarette and um like my my friends who I was with was like, oh, this one's for the Tumblr girlies. And I was just like, <laughs> Oh <yes."> my God. <laughs> I out. was like, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I was just like, yeah, this movie, like, it reminds me a lot, a lot of, I told you this when I was recommending it, like, uh, of Jackie from 2016, where it's just like, it finds the right border between, like, we are a legitimate costume drama doing the research. And also we are doing drag and this is a little campy and silly, but like <laughs> in a way that's fun. And I think the costumes are so, so well done in that movie. Yeah, an absolutely wonderful choice. What a film. Um, okay, that wraps it up. Um, what do you, what would you actually, sh- oh, we already, we already said. Um, okay, well, that's actually the whole episode then. Um, I'm sure we'll be back tomorrow with another category. Um, we always like figure out the we'll record them first and then figure out a, a way to put them out there. Um, but until then, um, we're going to have uh, episodes every day until the actual day of the ceremony. Um, and then after the ceremony, hopefully the very night of or possibly the next morning, we'll have a sort of wrap up uh, podcast. We usually it is us basically working through trauma live because every year has been a nightmare situation. Um, so hopefully with the, the ceremony is really boring this year and we can just like have fun. Um, don't count on it, I guess. Uh, until then, <laughs> um, you can find me possibly writing reviews at thepopbreak.com. Otherwise I'm on social media at the Marissa Carpico or at Marissa Carpico. Um, I turned myself into the pop break for a second there. Um, anywhere I still have a, an account. Uh, Matt, how about you? Me on Letterboxd and Serialized. All right, there we go. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hello, and welcome to the PopBreak.com's official Oscars podcast. 
hosted by Marissa Carpico and Matt Taylor.